Today's episode is brought to you by McLean Middleton, providing trusted legal services to businesses throughout the region for over 100 years. Hi, everybody. Welcome to this episode of Down to Business. This is Amanda Andrews, Managing Editor for New Hampshire Business Review. And joining me um, is NHBR's newest editor, Mike Cody. Welcome, Mike, on your first episode of Down to Business. Hey, thanks, Amanda. Great to be here. Uh, joining us today, we have Rob Parsons, and he's the principal of Parsons Ventures, who has uh, been purchasing and redeveloping some properties around Nashua, including the Sky Meadow Country Club. So welcome, Rob, um, to the show. Thank you, and good morning. Good morning. So I guess let's get started with, um, you know, what you do and how you have sort of been in the Nashua market and sort of the projects you've been working on. Well, thanks again for having me. I'll be very brief so I don't bore anyone, but uh, <laughs> I am, I'm a value-added developer, so I look at properties that are underutilized and turn them into something that can maximize the value. So that's been what I've done for the last umpteen years. Yeah. So I've uh, most recently, in Nashua, since we're speaking of Nashua, mm -hmm. I bought the empty courthouse from the state in 2015, and then we redeveloped it into the Penetrack Waterworks headquarters which was kind of my first project in Nashua. But I had been a resident in Nashua, grew up in Nashua, graduated from Nashua High School. Uh, so so that you're was, local. <laughs> yeah. In fact, I just bought the property. I was really developing mostly in Massachusetts, and I was a fast food owner, developer, uh, and operator. But I used to eat breakfast at a little local downtown coffee shop and drove by the Penachuk building. Well, it wasn't the Penachuk building. It was the courthouse. Yep. And that was my first. I just called off the sign. Found the price. I couldn't believe what it was, but it was you know kind of a white elephant. Yeah. And I just purchased it pretty much that day, and that was my first national property. You make it sound so easy. It wasn't. It, no, well, this it, it. Yeah, when I bought it, I remember the, my next the next door neighbor who I knew. He said, "What an idiot! <laughs> what are you going to do with that?" Yeah. And then we put Penichek Waterworks in it, and uh, I heard, uh, "Wow." <laughs> you really got lucky. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it is, uh, it, there was a little bit of luck in everything you do, but the Penichuk Waterworks, uh, bringing them back to the downtown was a very, a, a key moment for me because it brought a lot back to a home, that, a city that I grew up in and loved, but never really did a lot of work in. There's, yeah. there's definitely a lot of movement in Nashua, I think, like, um, especially with the recent National Center for the Arts and there's a lot of movement, I think, there. There really is. In fact, the so after doing the Penachuk building, uh, I bought the former Bank of, um, uh, no, no, TD Bank building on Main Street, mm -hmm. which is directly on the opposite corner of the Arts Center. And it was an empty bank building and had been a bank building for uh, over 100 years. It looks like a bank it building. It was built in 1922, <laughs> and it looks like a big, you know, marble bank building. Yep. And it is, but now it's actually the home of Shaheen Gordon mm -hmm. uh, law firm. Terrific build out. It's a, it's, they did a beautiful job. I found as a tenant, they were unbelievable because they really worked me to preserve the architectural integrity of the building. It had some un unique, uh, very unique roof with just you know, beautiful paintings and whatnot. It, it was just detail you could not replicate. No. And they worked around it with their offices and it's beautiful. I love it. So talk to us a little bit about the Sky Meadow Country Club, because I think, is that your most recent that you've finished redeveloping? It is my most recent. 
in Nashua. Yeah, it is. It is my most recent. When you're when you're looking at redeveloping uh, a property such as that, what are you looking for initially? Well, I, I didn't know I was looking to buy it, <laughs> uh, but what happened uh, fundamentally is COVID mm. came along, uh, and I lived next door to the former owner. It was a family, the Callahans. And they were Ed Callahan was a great friend of mine, and during COVID, it stressed everybody. Yeah. To, to a, a tremendous level. And it was their father who primarily developed the country club. He bought it in 1993 and then built the building that's there now. Um, and it was a conversation on my deck at COVID about how bad everything was. What are we going to do? Yeah. Um, luckily, the deck was not high enough for us to uh, have jumped off of. Yeah. <laughs> it was a really tough time for everyone. And we didn't know. So many unknowns. Um, but what they, what really developed in that conversation was... Uh, the club needed a lot. Um, the brothers had moved in separate directions to some level, and they thought that I'd be a good next, uh, I call it custodian of the property, because it's an unbelievably unique property, and it's when you get there, it's it's just beautiful. I mean, Gilboa Hill is the highest point in Nashua, and it just you, yeah. can, see, you can see Boston skyline, which mm -hmm. you know, it's very small, but you yeah. can see it, but the mountains, you don't often think of mountain vistas when you think of Nashua, but we, we absolutely have them. You can see Wachusett, Manadnock, uh, you know, Neshoba. It's a unique property. So with the property, kind of what was there before and what what did you bring to it after, um, like in terms of amenities and features of the building? Well, sure. Well, first let me explain the process of, from the conversation on the deck. Yes. I, I then looked at it and said, well, this is a place I love and this is a very bad, this could be very bad yeah. to just do something for passion and not for, you know, for the right reasons. So I initially looked at it as an, a, a business venture. So obviously, so I looked at, looked to some accounting firm that uh, study my numbers, look at my, my vision and tell me if I'm crazy. And I went to a, a firm in Boston that basically handles a lot of golf course properties. Mm. And I said, I'm not paying you to give me a yes or I'm just I want your honest opinion about what we're looking at. And they came back and said, no, this is this is very viable, especially you know, with what you've got laid out. Um, they were fortunately correct. Uh, I looked at it as a, another value-added proposition, no different than buying something else. But I wanted to make sure that my passion didn't blur my vision. So at that point, what we were looking at is clubs in the Northeast are very difficult because we have a very short season. Yep. And especially with a labor pool that you need to lay off Traditionally, that's what's happened, and you get down to a skeleton crew for the last three or four months, and then you reopen and have to start the process over again. And they factor in a huge amount of loss in food and beverage. Mm -hmm. So I looked at it and said, how can we make it more year-round, get rid of the ebbs and flows, and that was my main focus. Fortunately, the, the, uh, the, the key element to it was I was looking for year-round, uh, you know, something that the members could do year-round. And I landed on uh, bowling because everyone can bowl. Yep. And then simulators because it's a golf course. Mm -hmm. But I wanted to make it more fun than just going in and practicing your swing. I wanted to make it more of a top golf type of experience where you can come in. You know, you can get. You know, we put in a brick oven pizza. We're, we haven't launched this yet. It's about to be built, finished <laughs> this back room. But I wanted to uh, develop something that could be fun. Yeah. So when we looked at that. You know, developing today is very expensive. You know, it can be. 
$250, a square foot to add on to a building. So we were fortunate to look and said, it was actually my, my head pro in the winter, the first year I bought it, he said, where are we putting the carts for the members this year that we usually store? I said, where do we put them now? He said, in the cart barn in the back. And I knew we had it. We parked them out of the building. But then a ton of them, we park carts in the building. It's kind of silly. Oh, yeah. You could use that building for something else. Absolutely. <laughs> and it backs up, has every HVAC is in there. It has, mm -hmm. you know, every, all the, it's built. It's just a big concrete box. It's 5,500 square feet. It's perfect. Yeah. And we had some acreage that was down the south part of the property that had a lower lot that nobody used. So we built a cart barn down there. And it actually worked well because it abuts the driving range and the practice green. So that's now where you start your golf experience. And it, it, it actually gives you a nice presence when you pull in. It's a beautiful new cart barn. And it, it isolates the parking uh, in an area. Also, you don't get you can't get hit by a golf ball if you park your car. You don't have to worry about which spot Very you true. take, which is a lot of courses <laughs> you do. So it was a, it was a perfect spot for it, and that freed up the space inside for me to be able to develop the bowling alleys and simulators. And we're doing a brick oven pizza uh, that's being crafted. Uh, it comes from Italy, and then they assemble it here, and that's what we're working on. So yeah, we wanted to cool. have have some good comfort food, but at the same mm -hmm. time, you just so it's really an experience, and that will hopefully bring the year-round membership through leagues and whatnot and, and keep everyone together. Because it is a very a, fam a very big family, but it is truly like a family atmosphere. Um, and that entertainment is sort of becoming, you know, what people are seeking, right? They want that sort of experience over stuff, I guess, is, is what you want. So You nailed it. That's what this yeah. next generation wants. They'll spend it on vacations and experiences mm -hmm. uh, in every aspect of retail. I mean, they, they'll just order on Amazon instead of going to Best Buy, but they still, there's certain things that they want to experience. And that's what the retailers of today are driving towards. You know, if you don't have an experiential experience with your sale, it's tough to do business today. I also like that there's, <clears throat> it's like a variety because a lot of those who golf really love to golf. <laughs> but if they want to spend time but golfing takes a long time. Yeah, and if you have other things to do, then I know my, my son-in-law and my step and my stepdaughter go golfing, but he golfs and she brings the kids. So if there's other things to do, they can all hang out together. Well, you're right. And so to add to that, golf is difficult to start as as is tennis. So we mm. re, we reevaluated different areas of all different areas of the business. So our tennis courts, they were two and they were largely broken down and uh, there was grass growing through them. Uh, and it, but it was in a good spot. And it was, so we looked in and said, well, we redeveloped the tennis courts. And there's, you know, we have two, they're really not going to be professional grade. We're not, and, and also we filled the membership pretty quickly. And I said, well, nobody's here with, for the tennis. Mm -hmm. But there's a game called pickleball, which is oh just all the rage. So with pickleball, he said, okay, everybody can do it. You know, my 12 year old daughter can, kick our butt and she's uh you know and, and as people are passionate about it you can learn it in 10 minutes so we turned the six the two tennis courts into six pickleball courts that's incredible yeah and they're really they're very very popular so, okay i'm totally ignorant is it basically tennis but with a small paddle it, so this is the question of the day because you're playing with basically a racquetball sized racket yep that's made like a ping pong paddle <laughs> and you're hitting a wiffle ball ball yeah uh, into a shrunken down tennis court. So it's got, I mean, it's got an, it's racquetball meets table tennis meets, you know, it's, it's 
it's a little bit it's hard to explain. But and you are hitting it with a yeah. basically an oversized racquetball, uh, ping pong paddle shaped like a racquetball. It's like racquet. last year yeah. I've never heard this term pickleball, and all of a sudden it's like it's been around for a little while. And so you have this all set up now. Yeah, it's it's built now. Oh. And uh, it's, well, it I got to credit the tennis pro when I bought it. I was playing golf with him, and I said, "What would you do with the tennis courts?" This is a tennis pro and instructor who's also a member of the course, and he was used to give lessons there. You know, what should I do? Should I, I'm expecting him to say, you know, you know, put heart, you know, clay courts or do something spectacular with it. He said, pickleball. I'm like, what the <laughs> heck is pickleball? He said, you'll know what it is. And, and he was right. I, I played down the Cape later that wow. summer, and then I got bitten by it. But the folks in Naples have been, it's, it's insane down there. In Naples, oh, Florida? Yeah. yeah. And we have a lot of Floridians, you know, the, you know obviously in our course, mm-hmm. there's a lot of people that escape, there's a lot of snowbirds and, they yeah. were already well well aware of pickleball. So oh. it's been a big hit. I think I'm going to assign myself to go to Naples because I'm working on a story about pickleball from New Hampshire Magazine. And I used to live in Naples, but that was before pickleball. So <laughs> come visit ours, and then you'll understand it. There you go. <laughs> this is gold. Save, save the trip. Uh, no, it's been, it's been great because that also gives the folks, that are, while they're golfing, you know, the families can also have something else to do. Yep. Uh, and it's adjacent to our pool, so we renovated the pool area and I put in a kitchen. Uh, we took out some of the showers that were never really utilized and mm. we converted it to a kitchen. So we Smart. have a, a nice outdoor bar area. So post pickleball, you have a place that you can also, even if you're not going to the pool, you can still. So it's just revisioning, I'm sorry, revisiting every aspect of your business and trying to make it amenable to what people want today. And what they really want is outside and that COVID reinvented the outdoors. I think I agree. And it was the, as awful as it was, the the one byproduct that I think was beneficial is we learned how to live outdoors again because mm. uh, we yearned for it. And people migrated away from cities, away from the offices and the cubicles, and now they want to be in anything but that. So it, re- it re-exposed golf, which had been heretofore in a, de- in a decline, if you will. Mm-hmm. But the young people have brought it back with force. Yeah, and Mike, That's you, great. you were just saying Yeah, that. we were talking about that before... Um, we came online here to ask you about exactly that, what you're bringing, what you're doing to bring young people in. It sounds like some of it has already happened for you with COVID. I know a lot of people like to go out and hike and do things outside and ski as well. So. Mm. Yeah, it's been, what was nice when we bought the course, we only had, a, we had 196 members. So we were very under uh, populated, if you will. Uh, so it ramped up as soon as we started, you know, doing the lifestyle amenities you know, renovations, it ramped up quickly. Um, and again, with, there were a lot of clubs that were already full. So it wasn't that I had to even, we weren't poaching from yeah. the other private clubs in the area. You know, we had. There was demand. There was yeah. demand. And what's your, what's your number now? How many members? We are capped today. Wow. And what's the, what's the cap? So on full golf, we capped it at 365 people. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, and that's really to protect the tee sheet. We could go higher, but I wanted to make sure that I don't, bring everyone in and then irritate them by having to do some type of lottery system or whatnot yep. for the course. Uh, it, and so far, everybody's, uh, we also added technology to the course, uh, I mean, to the uh, operation of the course. So we use the Jonas system, um, which members can use the app and manage their own tea times and court times and whatnot, uh, oh. as well as reservations for dinner, which is another thing that we haven't even talked about yet. But One quick question. I keep sure. wanting to ask this. Do you golf? Um, I did a lot more before. <laughs> <laughs> Which is ironic because my office is in there and uh, in, in the building. And <clears throat> I've, I think I have 27 holes of golf 
in this year. Wow. And was that part of what drew you to this project? What drew me to the project was I've, I live there for, I've been a member since 2003. I lived there basically in the home I'm in now since 2015, but I lived in the condos when I, when I was single, moved there around 2003. I just knew the property, loved it. It's kind of, you always think about what you'd want to do to it too, because it's also what my business is. That's how mm -hmm. my mind works. Like, what could this be? And to get the opportunity to do it and mold it like a fresh piece of clay was really interesting. But I wanted to make sure that I wasn't just doing something haphazardly. And it turns out uh, it wasn't, thankfully. And a lot of it's been just lucky timing with, you know, the rebirth of golf and the outdoors. Exactly. So um, before we continue, I just want to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Sure. McLean Middleton is one of New England's premier full-service law firms, with headquarters in Manchester, New Hampshire, and offices in Concord and Portsmouth, New Hampshire, and Woburn in Boston, Massachusetts. McLean Middleton has over 100 attorneys in five locations and has been providing trusted legal services to businesses throughout the region for over 100 years. A full-service law firm with practice areas in corporate, tax, employment, litigation, trusts and estates, energy and environment, intellectual property and privacy, and data security, to name just a few. McLean Middleton's commitment to their clients, community, and colleagues has helped them to establish and maintain long-standing relationships as trusted advisors. Whether you are starting your business, growing your business, or preparing to sell your business, McLean Middleton has the experience to guide you through the complexities of the legal system. For a complete listing of their practice areas, attorneys, and locations, visit www.mclane.com. And we're back with Down to Business podcast um, with our guest Rob Parsons of Parsons Ventures, and we're you know we're just dis discussing the the newest amenities at the Sky Meadow Country Club in Nashua. Um, you mentioned you added a kitchen. What is, can you tell me a little bit about this, the food and beverage situation? Sure. We've actually added three kitchens since oh. we've been there because the majority of what we do is food and beverage. Uh, so when we first acquired the property, the first thing we renovated was the very uh, kind of a dated facility that was for banquets. Mm. Uh, and it needed to, to have a full renovation. So we did that first because it was the most visual and it brought brides so they really want a fresh environment. So Weddings are big. They are. And they were also, with COVID, nobody was getting together. Right. There was a big push for that. So the wedding business also burgeoned very quickly, and we knew that it was coming. We capitalized on it by renovating that area and, <clears throat> and started you know, booking. So last year's bookings are now this year's weddings. Right. It's really come to fruition. It's, it was very well received. It was... Uh, it was a long time coming, and it's it's been well received. Like I said, and the, the wedding business is booming, so that was first. And then we built an outdoor patio because uh, where they used to park the carts. Now that mm. we moved the cart barn, we moved it to the lower lot. We were able to build a very large outdoor patio, and then we built an outdoor bar with a, a kitchen. And I, I modeled the bar after uh, a bar in Hilton Head. Tremendous market research I've been doing. Oh, I'm bar, sure. Bars across the country. So <laughs> the Hilton Head bar that I saw, because it's very much an outdoor community, mm -hmm. we modeled that and brought it up here, and it's been incredibly well received. People want to be outside. They don't want to come into you know, the indoor 
previously they have, we have the oak room, which is a, like a English pub style, but it's no windows and it's dark. Mm -hmm. And that was, I never really wanted to go in there after my round. I wanted to stay outside yeah. and especially now. So people gravitate to the outside. So the patio has been a tremendous hit. The outdoor bar really ramped up you know, people staying post round. Uh, and then of course that new kitchen definitely helped because we can provide service directly right there. You touched on this earlier about how you were trying to make the business year-round and the difficulty of having a labor force where you let people go and then you bring them, try to bring them back. How you, how's that working for you now and are you getting the workers you need? We, well, we definitely are uh, getting the workers we need, which is unique. I do have other businesses that are very taxed by it. Uh, I, I have a very large preschool called Primrose School uh, in Chelmsford, Massachusetts. And uh, the Primrose School model uh, the teachers coming back post-COVID, it it's been a challenge, mm. a, tr a terrific challenge to keep. So it's not in all aspects. And I had some fast food restaurants I've since um, sold post-COVID. They actually did really well in COVID because there were drive throughs and whatnot. But I wanted to, I'm refocusing and I'm working on a new venture. I can't discuss right now, but it really is. So I'm kind of re- focusing the capital to be able to you know, move in another direction with uh, a new food concept, which I think could be really good. So I've taken some of the folks there and I've put them at Sky Meadow on the on-deck circle so to wait to, uh, till we can relaunch that. But um, the, the property at Sky Meadow, is, it's, it's, I, don't, I can't explain it, but the environment, the members are very um, generous. It makes it much easier to hire because it's a it's a lucrative place to so work. So they tip well. They tip well, correct. <laughs> They're having a good time. They love being there. They do, sure. and so and and you know it's got that reputation. So you know people they, they come. It's not as hard. It's easier in the summer too. And I say don't get drunk on college students because they leave you in August in a moment's notice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then you that you go from having a full staff to none. So it, we definitely have a, a seasonal uptick and we mm -hmm. love to have the college kids, but we do need that seasonal. I mean that year round employee. Yeah. Uh, and then also, one of the big things that was kind of missing, and like I touched on before, food service, most clubs factor in a, a terrific loss, and they they build the members for it, or they you know, you know they build it into their members the dues, yep. and they just factor in a loss for food and beverage because of that nature. I said, well, what if we don't? And actually, because to me, the idea of losing in the food and beverage made I, I made my living in food and beverage, and it's like, how, how do you lose? Well, it's really easy to lose in the country club area, but I was trying to factor that out. To look, if we can even break even, much less make money. At one one area that was really interesting, great opportunity to me was uh, we have a beautiful. There was a beautiful restaurant with windows that was just completely tired and dated, and nobody used. It. In fact, it was just never used. Mm. So we, I, I wanted to bring a steakhouse and sushi. And, uh, and, and basically have prime steak and prime sushi. And that's what we did. So we opened prime at Sky Meadow. And I brought in two... Your, your lip no, it, no, no, it reminds me of Primal in Las Vegas. Oh. That's what I was thinking of. I was like, oh, is it the same one? Well, the, there's no. a lot of prime. So there's, you know, there's Ocean Prime. There's mm. Strega Prime. Mm -hmm. uh, the word prime is in public domain. 
okay. as long as it's associated with something else. So mm -hmm. we're prime at Sky Meadow. It's not affiliated with any other primes. This is the only one. Gotcha. Um, we do anticipate actually taking it. It's been so well received. So prime is fundamentally a steakhouse first and foremost and a sushi. Uh, so we, we brought in uh, a sushi chef that I absolutely loved. It was just very fortuitous timing. He was available. He approached me and I said, we're, it was right when we were developing the menu. I wanted to do it down the line, but he came in right at the right time, so we launched with it. And I'm, the, the sushi, I have a really hard time. I'm a, I'm a steak lover, but when I go in, I mean, I love sushi. And yep. he's, it, his name is Pepsi, and he's just really an artist, and he just enjoys what he does so much, and he just knows his customers. He'll even, I, I used to see him at another restaurant, and he, I thought we'd come in and it'd be a special role for you. He knew my wife likes to eat more clean than, than I do. She had a particular role. This is unbelievable. He just does this for us. And now I've since found out everyone had a Pepsi role. Everyone did it. Yeah. So, you know, he just got to learn the customer. So we're, we're actually building an open theater sushi area in the restaurant for him mm -hmm. to be able to, you know, interact more with the customers. That's excellent. But Prime itself has been very successful. We're, we're, it's, um, we opened in November. So... It's the end of the season, right? But it really wasn't. So we found out that people do have a yearning to come to the club year-round. So it was actually busier in the winter than it's been. We thought we would ramp up in the summer. but mm. it, People want to get out. <laughs> now do. with uh, some memberships, I don't know, but your, does your club require members to spend so much money per month on food and beverage? So I've always um, been confused by that because there was <laughs> – I remember sitting at the bar – years back and, and watching, the, it, they had a tremendous amount of uh, called black and blue, like rare fillets going out to go. And I said, what's going on? Like, oh, it's the end of the month minimum. <laughs> like, like, so it, it was a foreign concept to me. Like you have to force somebody to buy your food in mm. order to, so there, it was already in place. It was $100 a month, I think. Um, I, I can't tell you if we've disbanded it. I know we haven't raised it. Um, I asked that because then you, you, you could could you go to the steakhouse and use your use your fulfill your quota yeah. I there. mean, if I can't sell you a hundred dollars worth of food, um, then I'm doing something wrong. I, I don't. And it's a great question. I'm going to go back and look at if it's even there anymore. Um, but I can tell you this much: uh, they're spending way more than a hundred dollars yeah. a month in in the, uh, in the food and beverage. I didn't even know that was a concept. <laughs> it, it but it really is. Yeah. I think in some clubs it's you know it's quite high, but we mm -hmm. we really aren't concerned with that at this point. We're Food and beverage offerings, uh, you know, the, the members are spending it. What I'm what I'm curious about is, I it seems like you had a very clear vision of what you wanted to sort of do with the country club. Was there any challenges with working with the team in terms of the owners or the management in terms of their vision? Was there like clashing, or how do you how do you manage that those relationships? There's been zero problems. Well, that's no, I'm just kidding. Of course, there's problems. <laughs> <laughs> there's a, Ideally, no problems. You've had us for a second. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, the only thing that's uh, consistent with everything, every project you undertake is they all have problems. They just take different shapes. Yeah. Uh, there's definitely been a lot of challenges, but I will tell you, I've been pleasantly surprised at how quickly we got this ship on plane. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it, it happened quickly. Uh, it was just a pent-up demand, and the excitement, even the staff that was existing, when I came in, I didn't come in and there was fear that I was going to terminate a lot of people. And re I didn't for a great long time. And to date, we really only had 
kind of two repositionings. Uh, but I like, I like to work with the crew that's there and find out, you know, really, if they weren't being successful, is it our fault? You know, and whose fault is right. it? Sure. Uh, and that was, there was a lot of that. I mean, it was just, and no, no disrespect to the former owners, but it was, they, there was a seasonal mentality. They closed down, they reopened. Mm. It's tough. And then if you do a wedding in January and you've closed down, how do you get a crew back to fulfill that wedding? So you really, it had to happen in order to keep sure. staff year round, especially today, now more than ever. Uh, yeah, it's not, not easy. That's for sure. No. And payroll is exorbitant. Mm. Um, so you have to find a way to, you, you have one or two things to do when you come in. You either cut costs or you add sales. Mm -hmm. And we've real, I've always opted to throw more in the bucket and hope it filters through. And ultimately, uh, I think that's, you know, we're going to be successful with that model. I think you talked a little bit about this too. Do you have, you have people that will do multiple roles as the season changes <laughs> and you'll go and work in a different part of the business? We, we definitely do. There's a lot of pivoting, as I say, uh, almost every day we have to learn to pivot. Uh, and basically that happens to some key employees. Um, we had a, a director of golf who really is all things outdoor. I mean, he takes care of the, he knows as much about the pool as anybody mm. on property. He's also the cart guy who runs the, um, you know, the, 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 he runs all the outdoor parts. He's going to bowling pin school so that he can. That's great. Yeah. So he's one of the, we get three people going so that we can understand how to Love that. manage the inside. So he'll come indoors and manage that process as it gets busier in the winter time. So, but yes, you find ways to, you can't force anybody to do anything they don't want to, but. People are, you know, they're yearning to do something more in, in most cases. Uh, and it's just, and a lot of the folks that were there, they're just so happy to see it brought back to life. Mm -hmm. Sure. That they're, it's very easy to get them involved and think think outside the box and come you know, work in another area. I love that. Well, it sounds like the project is off to a good start. <laughs> the only thing about, I'll leave this, is you got to, then you have to worry about people staying in their lanes because, <laughs> some, you know, you know pun. <laughs> you know, you know, where does, uh, you know, and there is some of that, but when you're managing people, you're always going to have to. Oh, for sure. Different personalities and all that. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting dynamic. To... Yeah. Well, I guess before we wrap up, and I know sometimes you might not be able to say, but is there anything that you're looking forward to or anything coming up that you may be excited about or what you want to kind of dig your hands into a little bit more in terms of maybe industries or that what have you, or different cities maybe of the, in, the city, in the state? Well, with, as far as Sky Meadow, um, I didn't come into it looking to acquire other golf courses or, or whatnot. I just thought this is a, a, a great redevelopment. And I didn't expect to build with Prime, you know, to build a restaurant that was so well received that I could take it outside. I mm. just wanted to give the best experience to the members. But the crew that I brought in, which was two gentlemen from Del Frisco's, basically knew the steak business really well and built me a, a kitchen that would accommodate a steak that would meet the needs of a top-notch steakhouse. We've, it's done so well. We just won, uh, this is hot off the presses, but we won a Wine Spectator Award. Oh. And uh, more importantly to me, we won a Dorona uh, Award, which mm -hmm. is the Distinguished Restaurants in North America. Yep. Uh, and that one, they actually, they secret shop you, so you don't even, you can't exactly. ask. Exactly. So yep. we, That's great. we just got awarded both of those with Prime. Congratulations. So thank you. So it was very an interesting experience because no, we, we know it has legs and I'm going to take it outside. So we really would like to, to take that outside of the concept 
I mean, of just being at the country club. And make another freestanding restaurant somewhere else? Is that what you're talking about? Correct. In smaller, I don't have any desire to go into the big cities of Boston and whatnot and, and compete with you know, 15,000 square foot <laughs> yeah. steak. But if I can do a prime modeled steak sushi house in you know, smaller, like a Portsmouth or mm -hmm. you know, a Newburyport or Andover or something of that nature, oh, that'd be I fun. would definitely look to those areas. And I would also look to uh, you know, the golf course model, if there are other golf courses that are in the Northeast that fit this type of mold that have a value-added opportunity, I'd look to it. I, didn't, I wouldn't have said that two years ago, uh, but we can confidently say that with the team we have, I you can have give, a model you can use. And I so. need to, and you need to give growth to people as well. So mm -hmm. the growth for, you know, we have an unbelievable greenskeeper. He's just, he's, you know, we didn't talk much about that, but. That alone is significant. Yes. But the golf course itself is amazing. It was the bones of it. It's a, a very hilly course. Mm. Right? And he was doing a great job with very little. We added a million dollars of new equipment to his. So these are, the, these are the things that people don't see. Yeah. But we. They just see the end result. But they see the end result. And mm -hmm. it, it has elevated. And, you know, his, Ben Bouchard is our, our greenskeeper, head, you know, head superintendent. And he has done an amazing job. And he was doing it with very little before. And now he's, you know, we just gave an artist, you know, a brand new set of. Uh, you get him a new easel and some paintbrushes, yep. and he's just flourished. But in order, and he's young, so in order to give that growth to a lot of the key people, you know, we would look at other opportunities that would be able to become more of a regional player in the industry. That's excellent. I hope it happens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the first thing I thought about when you talked about taking over the building for the cart and building a new one, it's like making sure that cost the uh, members are happy with the new place, right? Because you'd hear about it pretty fast. Yeah. Oh, they're. Definitely ready to tell you there's... Uh, oh, yeah. It's, it's the passion that they have for their club as well. That's you what know, I like. They take ownership almost. It, it really is. I mean, when people come to you, very, very rarely in your business do you have... So this happened yesterday. So, uh, a member came and wants to renew his vows you know, at, at the property. Oh. So when people are doing life milestone, life events mm -hmm. at your property, you, you know, it you can remember something. it. And that yeah. takes to the part where I said, you know, really just the custodian of the property because everyone it loves it like I do and you know it's, it's a meeting place sure it is. and that of like way, minds yeah when people do their milestone events there it's just it's very heartwarming to me well um thank thank you for sharing that journey with us Rob I think it's going to be more popular I hope <laughs> <laughs> um and I, you're making me hungry already. With oh, this man, I've been thinking about that the whole time. When <laughs> earlier, when Robert, you thought, we were wondering what the look on Amanda's face was. I thought it was she's thinking about the sushi and the steak. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. <laughs> well, when Emily set this up and she said you're going to Manchester, I said they're making a big mistake. <laughs> <laughs> Should be doing it down here. So we'll do the next one down there. We're gonna have That'll to be fun. an on-site podcast. I like that. Well, Rob, thank you again for joining us today. This thank has you. been fun, and I know we'll probably be hearing a lot more from you. So, thank you very much. Thanks, Rob. And thank you, Mike, for joining us. Oh, yes. <laughs> and to everybody else, be well.